This is Isaac and Rob's Sports Talk. Tune in every Monday for new content. Make sure to give us a follow on social media on Instagram at Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. That is Isaac with two A's. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at Isaac Rob Sports. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. Rob, how are you doing today? Doing good. Um, obviously, we were absent this past week, but I'm glad to be back. We have some stuff to dive into, so excited to get back to recording and look forward to the show. Yeah, so what happened was I'm currently living in California again because of uh, Hurricane Corona. So I'm still residing in Vegas. You know, I still have my stuff there, but I'm in Cali. So we're figuring out the technical difficulties when it comes to recording. But we plan on coming back with new content every week again. Don't worry. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, though. I've been working out, working out still, um, working with my dad, you know, making a little bit of money. So it's always working, always working uh, is paying off. But uh, today we have a lot to cover. We have the NFL preseason and the update that we got today. We have uh, college football. Uh, Rob's probably pretty excited for that because I know he's been uh, waiting for that. That's his favorite thing. And then we're going to talk about the coronavirus and an update on the testing in the major league sports worlds. And then we're just going to finish, as always, with our hot takes. So let's get into NFL preseason. Today, it was voted by the NFLPA and the owners that preseason will not be happening. Rob, how do you think this affects the teams? Um, I don't think it affects starters as much. You know, usually in the preseason, starters play one to two drives um, in like the first and last game. However, I think it affects the players that are trying to make the roster. Um and it's unfortunate because usually, you know, that's their time to shine and their time to get to prove themselves and, you know, try to make the, the roster. Um, so I think it affects mainly those who are, you know, just trying to make the roster. And it's really unfortunate because it's almost unfair to them because now, you know, there's been no workouts, nothing like that, no training camps and things like that. And now, you know, their their fate isn't in their hands anymore because they don't get a chance to play during the preseason, which is which which is what they normally get to do. So I think it affects them the most, and I kind of feel bad for them. You know, I was hoping, you know, maybe two games a preseason would be ideal so they would get a chance to play. But um, now we're moving forward with no preseason, and um, I think it affects them the most. Yeah, it is really unfortunate for guys probably like number 28 on the roster down, you know, because you got a solid 22 starters with about three people on the bubble of starting any game, any season, um, any game in a season, sorry. And, you know, guys like Tom Brady haven't played a preseason snap and I don't know how long. I don't remember when the last time was I seen Tom Brady play a preseason snap. He usually never does. Um and, yeah, the starters usually only play two games, so it's unfortunate for those bottom-tier guys. I read something today about the Raiders already planning on cutting 10 guys going into training camp, which is really unfortunate because these guys never even got to step – aren't even going to be able to step foot on the field for the team, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, and you hit it. You know, they, the Raiders obviously are looking to cut some guys, and like you said, they didn't – they don't have a preseason to kind of – you know, show what they got. Um, another thing I think it affects a little bit is the rookies, uh, notable rookies like, you know, Justin Herbert, who's going to be battling for the starting QB uh, spot for the Chargers. And, you know, in preseason, you know, you would look at, you know, Tyrod, who's right now the favorite to be the starter and Justin Herbert and see how they perform. And I think that affects him as well. And players like Tua, who – we don't know if he's fully healthy yet, but if he was, you know, obviously in the preseason, he'd probably be fighting for the, the starting position for week one and things like that. Um, but, I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, it's kind of, you know, coronavirus is kind of taking over, and, um, you know, I'm just excited 
me for myself for the NFL if there is a season to be back. And I think, unfortunately, right now this is the only step forward is to completely cut the preseason and unfortunately take the opportunities away from certain guys. Yeah, and the the rookies they reported to training camp today, I believe. Right? Was it today or yeah. was it? It was today. And I was even listening to the radio about this. A lot of people are worried about Joe Burrow because he's not having the time to mesh with his offense um, because, you know, the veterans don't report until later. And he has guys like A.J. Green, John Ross, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, who have been in the league for a while, whereas a lot of Tua's weapons, you know, he has a few rookie weapons. Um, So, you know, Tua's going to have a little bit more time to gel with those guys who are going to be on the field more this season. But, uh, yeah, that's unfortunate for sure. Uh, I think it's also really unfortunate for defensive players like linebackers, definitely linebackers, because, you know, the linebacker position is one of the hardest positions in the whole sport. And especially in the NFL, you know, you have a D-end. And, you know, I'm not going to say that that's an easy position to play, but you don't have as much to learn as a linebacker. So I don't think a guy like Chase Young is going to be as affected as a guy like Patrick Queen, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, not to say, like Isaac said, defensive end is not an easy position, obviously. Um, you know, anyone who makes the NFL, you know, you're very skilled uh, and you have a lot of talent, obviously. But like Isaac said, um, specifically with like linebacker, middle linebacker, that's considered one of the hardest positions in the NFL. And, you know, now you don't have the full opportunity. You don't get the full hands-on experience by playing preseason games or things like that and getting a chance to learn completely um, what you got to learn because I assume terminology is a lot different in the NFL than it is in college. And Patrick Queen's a guy who went to the Ravens, I believe, right? Yes, the Ravens. Yeah, and that's a good defense, it's a great defense. You know, he's going to have good guys around him, but still he's got a lot to learn. Yeah, and like Isaac said, lots to learn and – the Ravens do have and have always had a very skilled defense. That's kind of what they rely on. But my point is, is that someone like Patrick Queen, who's going into that defense, I'm sure it's not the easiest defense to learn. And, um, you know, he's just going to have to kind of learn on the fly. And maybe he won't be a starter week one. And maybe he'll have to have some time to catch up and learn everything. And, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it kind of sucks. I was thinking about it earlier after, you know, preseason was announced that it's fully canceled because we have known this for a while. It was just made official today. I think that they should expand the practice squad for teams, you know, for these guys that are 28 to, you know, 53. or Is it 54 now? One of the two. I think that they should expand the, the practice squad just so that these guys have a little bit, you know, more time to prove themselves, at least for the first eight weeks. I agree with you, especially during if, – if a season happens, especially this season, because, again, a lot of these guys, you know, they didn't get their opportunity to touch the field. And I agree. I think expanding the practice squad would definitely help and get these guys some more opportunities and, you know, eventually try to make a roster some point in their career. Yeah, uh, somebody in particular that I was really thinking about is uh, Rico Gafford on the Raiders. You know, he's a speedster guy who's still developing. And, you know, I saw the Madden ratings, not that it means anything, but, you know, he was a top 10 receiver in speed. And so, you know, a lot of these speed receivers sometimes, you know, they have a harder time in the NFL because, you know, in the past, besides, you know, like Tyreek Hill, a lot of speed receivers have a hard time catching the ball and actually learning an offense because a lot of them come from different sports. You know, a lot of them play basketball or run track. So, you know, somebody like Rico Gafford, who's still very raw, he isn't going to have the time, you know, the offseason to really develop. And he had some flashes for the Raiders last season. Yeah, and you you hit it on the dot. Like, you know, some guys who depend more on their speed are more, you know, special team players and things like that. And, you know, that's where the preseason is used. Um, Rico Gafford, like you said, he's a speeder. He's a speed guy. And he could have been one of those guys if preseason was available, even if it was two games, to maybe get an opportunity to show something on special teams or something. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate, but I guess this is, you know, the best stepping stone to get to where they want to be. And, um, you know, the NFLPA wanted to get rid of it altogether. So um, it's really unfortunate, but I mean, I guess this is the only way to move forward with things. Yeah, hopefully, you know, with these guys, like I said, like we talked about, you know, just a second ago, hopefully these guys get a chance with an expanded practice squad because I think that'd be a really good idea. It wouldn't surprise me if the NFLPA is pushing for it because a lot of the, they're very focused on player safety, especially now. And, you know, they're not just going to be cool with a bunch of guys getting cut and not really having a chance because these guys really do look out for one another. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, uh, just to kind of point out to our viewers how important preseason actually is for some guys, um, there's some guys who go undrafted and now are, you know, big stars. Uh, we mentioned a few episodes ago, Matt Breida, who was undrafted, and now, you know, he was a big key to the 49ers last year. Um, Chris Harris Jr., I believe, was undrafted, and he's a star corner. So these guys need the preseason to – most of the time to, you know, get to prove themselves and things like that. And, um, you know, it's taken away from them. And I definitely agree with Isaac. I think the practice squads need to be expanded. That way these guys can get some opportunities and not have it ripped away from them. Yeah. Players, there's been quarterbacks to win starting jobs out of preseason. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick and retired Tony Romo in a preseason because of how good he played. Remember that that his rookie year preseason run? Um, and then re- remember Derek Carr, 20, 2014, I believe? You know, he took, Matt, he took Matt, uh, Matt Flynn's job away from him and became the starter for the Raiders because of the huge preseason he had, specifically that game in Seattle when they had a lot of their starters in and Derek Carr lit him up. And because of that, you know, Derek Carr has been a – he was going to be a starter eventually, but he got the job sooner than we thought he would. Yeah. Like I said, agree with Isaac 100% here. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation. And, um, you know, I hope, again, I can't reiterate it enough. I hope that the NFL does something for these guys, whether it's expanding practice squads or, you know, allowing the roster, you know, the official roster to have a few more guys on it. So that way it gives more room for the practice squad. Just something because – um, you know, these players work hard all their life and, you know, it wouldn't be fair to them to just get cut because of, you know, a time like this where a pandemic is going on. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me too, if game day rosters are expanded just because of, you know, positive or not game day rosters, but uh team rosters just because of, you know, you can test positive at any point of, for Corona and they're not going to let you play for at least two weeks because you don't have to quarantine. So um, it's going to have to protect those players. Have you seen the uh, Corona masks, the face mask that they're, you know, the little piece that they're adding onto the face mask to make it look like an actual, like, mask that we have to wear? Um, Yeah, I've seen some pictures on social media and things like that. Um, It's almost like a visor for your mouth, really. Um, And obviously there's players that, you know, that, that don't want it. I know J.J. Watt's a big guy that, you know, doesn't, doesn't want to have to wear that um but i mean we're just gonna have to see what happens and um i hope the nfl can get it together because i know me personally and i know isaac would love for there to be a season and not to have a season canceled so we're just gonna have to wait and see what happens yeah i think that those you know masks look a little ridiculous on an nfl helmet but hey if it's gonna get those players on the field i'm all for it I wouldn't surprise me if they do break just because of how close they are going to be to a, a player's face. Yeah, I, I'm sure it'll be, you know, irritating um, for players to have to wear those. Like I said, it's almost like a visor for the mouth area, you know. And a lot of players I know that, you know, they try the visor on and it doesn't really work for them. And I'm sure, you know, uh, something to cover their face, which looks like a mask, is going to be something that if it gets past, they're going to have to get used to because I imagine, you know, it's going to be a little harder to breathe and things like that. Yeah, so 
you know, we're praying for an NFL season. I personally, I think it's, I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be very odd, but I think it does happen. Do you think it's going to happen? Um, I would say it's about a 70% chance it does happen. Um, my biggest thing is, you know, while I would love for there to be a season, you know, safety always comes first. And if it's not best to have a season, unfortunately, then I guess, you know, there's, then there's no season. So um, I would lead, I would lean more toward there being a season, like I said, 70% chance that there is a season. Um, but, I mean, we're just going to have to see. And if there's no season, it'd be really interesting. Uh, it'd be something I've never seen before. So, Well, moving along with the agenda, Rob, you want to get into this college football thing that – we got going because I know this is this is your thing. You know, you've been waiting to talk about college football, and, you know, we haven't had much to talk about with it. So take the floor, man. I know this is all you. Yeah, so all my college football listeners, um, you guys have probably already heard, but the Big Ten Conference and the Pac-12 Conference have decided that they will only play in conference games, um, meaning – anyone out of their conference uh, that they've had scheduled has automatically been taken off their schedule. And there's some big games that have been pretty much canceled. And I'll go through some of the, some of them right now. Um, Washington Huskies, Pac-12 team, were supposed to host Michigan Wolverines, a Big Ten team. And, you know, that's a big game for both schools. Obviously, Washington was hosting it um, because they have an agreement where, you know, Washington would host this season and then Michigan would host the following season, but that game's canceled. USC, Alabama, obviously SEC hasn't said anything about, you know, doing only in-conference games, but USC has, so that game's canceled. Oregon had two big games on their schedule this year that they were hosting. Obviously, Ohio State, Oregon, that's just two big programs getting the uh, would have the chance to show what they really got, and that game's canceled. And then North Dakota State, um, you know, they're always big. Uh, they always manage to win against these Division One top schools. So um, that game is canceled. Oregon was supposed to host them. And NDSU has a, a quarterback on their roster who everyone's kind of talking about, and he's a solid player. So we don't get to see that matchup. And then Notre Dame obviously plays, you know, they don't have a conference, so – they had a game, a neutral side game against Wisconsin that's canceled. And then at USC, who's one of their biggest games every year, is no longer on the schedule. So um, I think it's it's kind of unfortunate that we don't get to see those games. But um, how do you feel about it, Isaac? Do you think it's the right step forward? It's depressing. You know, you and me, we're both UCLA fans. So we're not going to get to see our team really – you know, travel too much, which is unfortunate because, you know, they usually play some pretty good games, you know. So it's kind of sad to to see that. And, you know, we got a lot of guys in the Pac-12 that do go to the NFL, you know, obviously not as many as the SEC or the ACC, but these guys aren't going to really have the, the spotlight on them as much as they would, you know, playing against these bigger SEC schools. So I feel like that's kind of unfortunate. But I think the biggest thing is Oregon dodged a bullet with this because they had no – there was no winning that North Dakota State game, even if they won it. Because if they lost, you know, you lose to a a team that's not an FBS program. And if you win, you know, it's a team you're expected to win against. So there's not a big, you know, factor of winning there. And, you know, Trey Lance is – you know, he's put up some good numbers in college. Last season was his first season as a starter, and he didn't throw a single interception. And a lot of people have him as their number two guy behind uh, Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, I have Justin Fields as my number two. You know, that's my guy. But still, that's a that's a big prospect who is going to have a big stage for a big game. So I feel like I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of sad about that because, you know, we all know North Dakota State's great. But do any of us actually watch FCS football? No. You bring up uh, you bring up a good point, you know. And um, Trey Lance is obviously he's a big talk in the NFL. No one kind of 
or in this upcoming draft, no one kind of knows who he is unless, you know, they do or know about North Dakota State. Um, but you mentioned it. I mean, he threw no interceptions last season, his first season starting. I believe he led them to a perfect season, if I'm not mistaken. And Yeah, again. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's a big stage for him, you know, to show, you know, scout or NFL guys that, you know, I could do this on the big stage. And another guy you mentioned uh, was Justin Fields, obviously. And again, Oregon dodged another bullet because, you know, they were going to have to play Ohio State. Granted, it would have been in Oregon, but, you know, that's not a that's not an easy game. Obviously, Ohio State every year is <laughs> battling for a college football playoff spot. And, you know, now uh, – now we don't get to see that game to see if Oregon can really hang with the big boys. So um, it's unfortunate. It's going to be really interesting um, because the Big Ten usually comes down to most of the time just one or two teams, which is Ohio State and occasionally Penn State's really great. Occasionally Wisconsin finds themselves in the mix. Occasionally Michigan comes out of nowhere. But, um, you know, I think – with just in-conference play, it's going to be interesting. And the Pac-12, you know, Justin Herbert left Oregon. So I think it's more open with the Big Ten being only in-conference games. I think Ohio State's probably the clear winner of that conference. And, yeah, I mean, again, some big games canceled. But obviously this is how the conferences, conferences and the commissioners of the conferences feel that they can get a season going. So um, it is what it is. But – like Isaac said, really sad to see some of those big games not happening. Yeah, and I really feel more for the Pac-12 than I do the Big Ten, just because the Big Ten usually has three teams in the top ten. You know, it's not it's not uncommon to see Wisconsin, Penn State, and Ohio State in the top ten. Um, and, you know, Michigan's usually in the top 15. So, you know, it's I don't feel as much for them as I do the, the Pac-12 just because of how much, you know, how much the talent in the Pac-12, you know, usually, you know, USC is decent. Um, UCLA was really good, you know, when they had that Hunley and then Rosen run, you know, they were pretty good. Um, but, you know, outside of, you know, those two teams with Oregon, you know, you're not really getting that great a quality of football in the Pac-12 compared to the Big Ten, you know, where you got, you know, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan always seeming to find a way to win. Wisconsin, like you said earlier, always, you know, in the mix. Penn State, you know, was ranked sixth at one point last season. And then Ohio State's always competing for, you know, a national championship. They were in the college football playoff the last what, two years, right? So, yeah, they've been in it quite a few times. So, you know, another interesting thing is, is that, you know, Notre Dame obviously doesn't have a conference. They're independent. Um, so I, I wonder how that's going to play out for them. You know, because, again, Pac-12 saying, you know, we're not playing out-of-conference games, so that eliminates, like, USC off their schedule. Um, I don't know if they were playing UCLA this season, but they usually play UCLA. That's eliminated from their schedule. Uh, Big Ten, um, you know, they usually play Michigan. So I don't know if that was on their schedule, but if it was, that game scratched. Obviously, the Wisconsin game is scratched. So Notre Dame's an interesting team because we don't know what the rest of the conferences are going to do. So say the Big 12 says, you know, we're only doing conference games only. And the SEC says we're doing conference games only. And the ACC says we're doing conference games only. Notre Dame might not have a season this year as a, as a football program, which, you know, kind of sucks because Notre Dame's a, you know, a big-time name in college football. Granted, you know, they were in, I believe, the college football playoff two years ago or yeah two years ago and got blown out by Clemson <laughs> but um we were at we were at Twin Peaks watching that game yeah Remember they got that? blown out by Clemson and obviously but you know they're a big program in the, the college football world and you know it's going to be interesting with that team specifically because like I said they have no conference so um if all these conferences decide to say you know we're not playing out of conference they might not have a football season so Interesting, interesting things. What player do you think that this, like, really affects the most in draft stock out of the Big Ten and Pac-12? 
Because I think for me, I think it's DTR just because he's shown to be, you know, a big raw talent. So we're not going to get to really see him progress as much as, you know, we really want to. Yeah, I mean, DTR is a good choice. Obviously, you know, he's not on a lot of people's radars as far as, you know, possibly making an NFL roster. But um, obviously with bigger games, he would have a chance to show um, that he can play a little bit. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really, can't really think of anyone, um, by name, but, um, you know, some of the guys who are in the lower rounds or project to go in lower rounds or mid rounds, I think it'll affect them mostly because like I said, um, Wisconsin's a team, um, who has offensive linemen draft every year. They have solid running backs and, you know, they had a big game canceled with uh, Michigan or uh, Wisconsin, sorry, or Notre Dame. And then, uh, you know, Ohio State, obviously they have great players all around, but maybe some of the guys who are projected to go in the mid-tier and lower rounds, um, you know, they don't get to play in a big spotlight like against an Oregon, um, which is a big game. So, I think it just affects players who projected to not go in the higher rounds overall. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. I just I said DTR because I mean I see him as a lower round pick because he has what you can't really coach with his athleticism because you know he's crazy athletic. He's probably one of the fastest you know players I've seen besides you know like a Lamar. He's not a Lamar Jackson, but I mean. He's still crazy athletic. That's a lot of raw talent that, you know, with the right coaching and if he could put it together can, you know, be a solid player. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you think that the rest of the Power Five conferences, so like the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC, do you think they'll go into in-conference games only or do you think they might have out-of-conference games still? It wouldn't surprise me if they do. But I'm praying that they don't because I still want to see, you know, the good games between SEC and ACC schools. Because usually, you know, we get some some great games when they play each other. Yeah. Um, like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. But as of now, Pac-12 and Big Ten are doing only in-conference games only. So um, me and Isaac will keep an eye out and see if any of the other conferences decide to go that route or if they decide that they're going to still do out of conference games, but that's what we have for college football for now, man. I had fun with that. I've been waiting to talk about college football. <laughs> it's been a, you know, it's been, it's been a wild ride with them with this whole coronavirus and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's really unfortunate for these guys cause they're, they're not getting paid. You know, they're just, you know, they're not supposed to be getting paid, you know, you know, it's usually pretty shady with that, but, you know, they're just trying to earn a spot in the NFL and hear their name called, so I feel bad for them. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, college football is one of my big things. I love college football, and, um, you know, I really hope that there's a season because, um, you know, that's my favorite sport to watch. So we'll just have to wait and see. That's all we can really do. So moving on to the next thing, we actually had some pretty, you know, pretty good news uh, broken today about uh, COVID testing for at least two leagues. You know, it's debatable on one of the leagues and if that's good or bad. But, uh, you know, in the NHL, only two players tested positive for Corona. And, you know, they're supposed to restart August 1st. So I think that that's a big win for them. And in the NBA, out of all the players tested, they got zero positive results, which is great, you know, because the NBA is also supposed to be coming back soon. And then in the NFL, they had 96. So a lot of people are, you know, freaking out about that crazy high number. But we'll get into that more during the conversation. But how do you feel about this? Yeah, I think the NBA is the biggest winner because they had zero positive tests. And so they're supposed to be starting up within the next week or next week. Yeah. And 
you know, to have zero positive tests, I think, you know, right now in the bubble, I think that things are looking up for the NBA and they might be able to finish their season altogether. Um, the NHL, you said, had two? Yeah, and they tested 800 people. So, you know, that's a very small number, obviously, out of 800 people. And maybe those two players just, you know, get quarantined and then, you know, can come back eventually. But that's a big win for the NHL, too, as they are starting up really soon. Um, the NFL, uh, 96 is, you know, somewhat of a big number. And um, But, like I said, I think the biggest winner out of all of these leagues right now is the NBA because they literally had zero. And that was a worry for, you know, Adam Silver and the rest of the players and, you know, having zero positive tests allows you to run your league smoothly. So I think they're the biggest winner. Yeah, I agree with you. The NBA is the biggest winner, especially because, you know, we had people, you know, speaking out about it, you know, kind of scared. Um, hopefully they're getting some better food. <laughs> I think they are by this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we have, you know, the NHL did also a really good job, just two. That's a very small number, and they're coming back in you know, within the next two weeks. Very excited. Go Knights, right, Rob? Let's go Vegas Knights. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the NFL, 96, yeah, that's a lot of people. But right now, rosters are at 90 a team because that's what you get to go with into the off season, or that's what you get to have in the off season before – obviously preseason, but now it's just going to be players getting cut. But so I think 96 and, you know, besides Zeke, we haven't really had, you know, a really big name. So I think 96 is, I don't think it's as bad as it seems just because of how many players are on NFL rosters at the moment. You know, there's 32 teams with 90 players. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. Obviously the NFL has some time before they start their league up. Um, you know, they usually start with no preseason. Now it'll probably be starting um, the first week of September or the last week of August, something like that, last couple of days of August. So they have time to figure out the situation. And, you know, like you said, there's 90 players right now on a roster per team heading into, you know, the training camps and things. And while 96 might seem like a high number, and believe me, you know, it's still a relatively high number. Um, the league has time to figure it out, and, um, you know, it's, it's not as – it could have been worse is my biggest thing. Like, it could have been half the league tested positive, and then, you know, what would we you really can't, you know, have a season with half the league obviously testing positive. Um, but with only 96 players testing positive as of right now, with how big rosters are, are, are and things like that, um, and none of the big players really testing positive outside of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think it's a positive, but it's not uh, like a complete positive. You know, it's like it could be worse, but, you know, you wish it was better. Yeah, uh, I don't think, you know, I, like I said, I don't think it's great news, but, you know, a lot of people are acting like it's the worst news to get, but like I, like, I said earlier, it could have been, or like you said, it could have been a lot worse um, with how big roster sizes are right now. And, you know, it was really bad in the NHL where the whole, you know, the whole Florida, uh, or, sorry, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, they all tested positive for, like most of the players tested positive for coronavirus and all had to go into quarantine. And with the MLB, they had a t uh, like almost a full team test positive too. So, you know, it was pretty bad in, you know, two other leagues. You know, I, which I would say is worse just by the amount of people in leagues. You know, when you have a full team test positive, that's really bad. Um, so, you know, it's not great news. It's not the best news, but I think it's I think it's decent news, at, le at least, you know. Yeah. And like I said, they, they have some time before, you know, the league starts. And I think, you know, they take the right steps and the right precautions and things like that, then everything could work out like it did for the NHL and the NBA and, you know, the MLB. Yeah, so like we said, we're praying for football to actually happen. Um, I think with these numbers that it will, hopefully. But uh, 
after the break, we're just going to get into some, I think it's pretty funny news that we're going to, you know, bring up after this, don't you, Rob? Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it for sure. Um, karma, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely some funny, well-deserved news, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. Do you enjoy Isaac and Rob Sports Talk but want double the entertainment, double the opinions, and double the arguments? Then be sure to tune in to Wise Guy Sports Talk every Tuesday and Friday for our unfiltered, unqualified, and unpopular sports takes. Seriously, you have nothing else going on. All righty, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for listening to that commercial. Shout out Will and Mario for the great and funny Wise Guys commercial. We'll be back with the Wise Guys as well coming this Friday. I'm actually very excited about it. We have some big things coming up, so we got some good stuff to cover with the Wise Guys as well. So stay tuned with that. Thank you for listening to Isaac and Rob Sports Talk. And with that, let's just get back into it. All right. What goes around comes around, Rob. <laughs> How do you feel about seeing um, all these these three Astros players that, you know, got caught cheating? You know, Springer, Altuve, and Bregman, you know, they, they got what they deserved. Uh, what do you think of uh, seeing that on uh, on Twitter today? Like you said, what, what goes around comes around. And when you cheat, um, you know, expect some things to happen. And karma is a you-know-what. And um, – you know, these Astro players that got caught cheating and the Astros in general, I think this is something that they're going to be facing all throughout this season. And me personally, while, you know, I don't, you know, promote violence or anything like that, um, I think getting hit with a pitch is, you know, something that is to be expected when you cheated out in the league to win a World Series. Not once, but twice, right? Don't want to? Something like that. So they uh, they went to two. They won one of them. And then shout out to the Washington Nationals for getting hot and not letting them win a second one. Yeah, that's right. But uh, no, it was the Red Sox. It was the Red Sox that got cheat got caught cheating too. But uh, their their manager was from the from the Astros. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. But yeah, uh, Jose Altuve, you deserved it, especially after trying to say that you weren't uh, you know wired up because you definitely were when. You wouldn't let them take off your jersey. I don't care what sorry a excuse you want to use. We know what was really going on. Uh, Bregman and Springer, you guys also deserved it because, you know, the three of them, I looked at their stats at home versus um, in, you know, in, uh, sorry, in a way, at, a, at home versus away games. And the three of them hit so much better at home than at away games because they weren't able to cheat at home. This was in 2017 when they won the World Series. Or eighteen, one of the two years. Nineteen. What what which whatever year it was. Twenty eighteen, sorry. I'm being dumb right now. Um but yeah, no. They they deserve it. Um well earned. And you know, I I'm I'm enjoying seeing it happen to them. They they deserve it. I'm an ace fan too, so we're in the same division and I really don't like the Astros at all. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean deserved uh I mean, I don't know if anyone deserves to be with, hit with a pitch, but they should have definitely expected to – like, they should have definitely expected to be hit by pitches. And honestly, I don't think it's going to stop. I think you're going to see a lot of that throughout the season. Um, but like I said, that's what happens when you get caught cheating. And, um, you know, and you cheated a team out of a World Series. And you almost try to cheat one of the teams out of the World Series and the Nationals, but like Isaac said, Shout out to them. They didn't allow them to win that World Series. And um, I, I I can say that this is something that those players should expect for the rest of the season. I don't think they're only going to get hit by one pitch and everything's good. I think every team they play is going to feel some type of way and they're, they're gonna, their pitch is going to throw something at them. So we'll just, <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see. It's a little funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what they get. Yeah, I was confused on the years because it was 2017, they cheated. 
2018, Red Sox cheated. 2019, the Nationals came in like Jesus and saved the day. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, you know, I I I think they I think they deserve I think not deserved it I guess because I said that, but I I think that's the wrong terminology. I think they earned it. I think that's a better word to say. I think it's well earned um, because. You know, the Red Sox – or not the Red Sox, the Dodgers and Astros series went to seven games. It's not like it was a four-game sweep. So, you know, the cheating had to have won them one of those four games. No, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, as someone who doesn't watch a whole lot of baseball, but I support the Dodgers and I did watch that World Series, uh, you know, uh, it's a little frustrating as a fan of a team to know that the other team cheated to win. So, uh, yeah, I guess they earned to be they earned their right to get hit by pitches. And like I said, I think it's something that'll be very common throughout this MLB season. Yeah, and to all these Kings fans listening to the show, because I have Kings family, Kings fans family, you guys are gonna think, okay, well, what about the 2002 postseason? Hey, the Lakers didn't cheat. The refs did. So you can't really come after us for that. So <laughs> the Lakers, you know, they didn't do anything wrong. It was all the referees. <laughs> that's a funny that's a funny little joke you put in there. Um, but like Isaac said, the referees cheated the Sacramento Kings, not the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Astros cheated the other teams. Not There wasn't the umpires and things like that. No, it was the actual team that cheated. And now they're getting hit with pitches. And you know what? You earned it. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually enjoying it. I'm really am enjoying watching it. I, I retweeted it, you know, twice. I because the first ones were I think uh, Altuve or yeah Altuve and Bregman were the first ones, and then they got Springer, and I retweeted it both times with a comment saying, "Well earned," because you know they they earned it. They they did that. That's what you got to do. And I think that the way Rob Manfred handled it was very terrible because, you know, these players aren't getting any sort of suspension, any sort of anything. They got immunity to admit that they cheated. And so it kind of sucks to say that, you know, they just got off, you know, scot-free and they should should lose the World Series title, in my opinion, because you can't cheat to win a World Series. Yeah, and Isaac Isaac said it. You know what? There was no – there was no suspension, no nothing, nothing taken away from the team when, when there should have been. You know, the Patriots, I hate to say it to all the Patriots fans who listen to our show, but your team has been caught cheating multiple times. And, you know, while they don't, you know, I don't know if players have ever been suspended, but, like, you know, they've had things taken away from them as far as, like, draft capital and things like that. I think something has to happen with the Astros. Obviously, I don't think anything will. But I think something should have definitely happened to them. I think they should have been punished. And for them not to be punished is kind of a joke in my opinion. Uh no, they did get a they did get a small punishment. Um but it wasn't a lot. I think they got fined a couple million dollars and they lost a draft pick. But like you know, the Patriots, yeah, they got a five million dollar fine. That was that was it. And then the GM was suspended for a year. But you know, they, they, the Patriots, they, well, the GM was eventually fired, sorry. But the Patriots, they, the Patriots got, they didn't cheat in the game. You know, they, you know, they stole film or whatever, but they didn't cheat in the game. You know, they weren't, you know, on the sidelines cheating, you know, they weren't, they were just, you know, extra preparing with the film that they got. Well, the Astros were literally signaling to their hitters, in the game to know, you know, what pitch was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's frustrating. Um, yeah, I think some players – I think something should have happened to some of the players. Like, Altuve specifically, who was, you know, really putting himself out there as he didn't do anything wrong, and then he finally admitted he did something. I think, you know, he should be someone who should face, like, a at least a five-game suspension, given that the season's only 50 games. So – or 60, sorry. Um, I think he has to fit. I think some players have to face some type of suspension or something like that. I think it's unfair. But for now, there's no suspension, and I guarantee you they'll be hit with more pitches by different teams. 
Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, Rob Manfred gave them immunity. So, you know, nothing's going to happen. You know, the players are going to be safe. Maybe not from pitches, but from getting in trouble with the league. So that's unfortunate because um, I think I told Mario this. I think that every player that was on that team, at least the people that, you know, didn't at bat, I think they should have all been suspended for the season. You know, they may win 20-something. Well, right now it's 60 games. You know, they may win freaking 10 games. But still, like, I think that that should have – I think that's a great punishment. I think they should have lost – they should have been suspended for a season and they should have lost their World Series banner. Because, you know, baseball, there's a lot of – there's a lot of stuff in the sport, you know, that have made it corrupt over the years. You know, Chicago Black Sox, you got, you know, Shoeless Joe who batted 375 in the World Series, but they said that – he threw the World Series, and you know he got he got banned from the league, and he can't make it in the Hall of Fame. And he has one of the greatest, but I think he has the third highest batting average of all time in the MLB. It's crazy. Pete Rose, the all-time hitting leader, just gambled after or as a manager. He gambled, but never gambled on his team to lose. I think is insane. Yeah, um, we've seen players receive punishments plenty of times, and now. You know, none of these Astros players are getting any type of punishment, and I think they should. Um, but I guess they're lucky, and against pitchers, they'll be very unlucky because I guarantee you, like I said, I guarantee you I could put my money double down on it that they are going to continue to get hit by pitches. And, you know, the commissioner said, you know what, you have immunity, but now some of the pitchers are going to take it into their own hands and, they're going to do what they got to do. Yeah. Sorry, guys, for that little uh, rant there. But it's just frustrating because, you know, you got some all-time greats banned from the Hall of Fame because of smaller infractions. And these guys are not really facing much. So that's a little frustrating. Um, but we will finish the show, as always, with our hot take. And the hot take today is what team we think that this 60-game season – will benefit the most since it's shorter by a hundred games, you know, it's going to be a little different. So Rob, who do you think it benefits the most? Okay. Um, when I say his team, people might scratch their heads and be like, what? But I'm going to say the New York Yankees benefit the most um, because, you know, they have two big time players in Aaron judge and what's his name? Uh, Staten. Uh, Giancarlo. Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, and Naples have struggled due to injuries with surviving a whole season. Um, and so now the season is cut significantly shorter, and I think that they'll come back healthy and they'll be able to, you know, withstand 60 games. And I think that the Yankees have a really, really good shot at winning um, the World Series and I think a shorter season helps them because, like I said, their star players have struggled to stay healthy. And now I think with a shorter season, they'll obviously have a greater chance of staying healthy. And I think they'll be prepared for the playoffs and things like that. And I think they have a legit shot to actually win the World Series this time around. So for me, I'm probably going to get some hate for this pick because this team, but I'm going to go with the L.A. Dodgers. Um, This team is just absolutely stacked. And, you know, one of their biggest downfalls in the postseason is Clayton Kershaw not being able to perform. But usually this man's throwing, you know, 220 innings plus a season, and now he's not even going to pitch half of that. And, you know, he's coming off of a a shorter season because he was injured. You know, he got a little bit of more time to rest because of the season being delayed due to corona. So I think that Clayton Kershaw, with all this time, you know, he'll still be fresh come postseason. And so we'll see if he's really a choker, if he's just overused in the regular season. You know, I I personally think it's a little bit of both, but – I think that the feeling is going to be a little different too with the playoffs just because it's only 60 games. And then, you know, you got these just bangers and, you know, you got Justin Turner. Now you got Mookie Betts, you know, you got Cody Bellinger, you got Corey Seager. 
Um, they got Jock Peterson still. You know, they didn't lose him from the uh, from the trade to the Angels that we thought was going to happen. And, you know, he still got Justin Turner. And then they just got Blake Trinan from the A's, who, you know, he didn't have a great season last year. But the season before that pitched a .78 ERA. You know, he posted that as a – and was, you know, the best closer in baseball that year. So I think that this is the team that it really benefits the most, mostly because of Kershaw. But, you know, they also have a lot of star power, too. Yeah, I mean, I could I could definitely see that, um, specifically with the Kershaw thing. You know, like you said, he pitches a lot of innings during the regular season. And now with this shorter season, he might be more well-rested for the postseason where he struggles. And um, I think it would be fun if uh, the Dodgers make the World Series and the Yankees make the World Series, our two picks, to have – you know, this to be benefited from a shorter season. I think it'd be great to see those two teams play each other, um, L.A. versus New York. And uh, I think it's very possible with the shorter season. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, and I'm very excited to actually get to watch baseball again because for a second it looked like we weren't going to get it at all. And, you know, I coached baseball back home. I coached Little League, you know, before I came to school, so – you know, it's something that I have, you know, a close connection with. So, you know, I'm excited to, to get to watch it, to get to enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, no, we're just wrapped up this show. Uh, Rob, what do you got for the people? Um, yes, to all my listeners, um, I love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Um, I know that due to some technical difficulties, we have it, we weren't able to put out a show last week. Um but, you know, we're going to figure it out and we'll continue to post content for you guys and keep you guys updated with the sports world. And um, I just really have fun doing the show and I'm glad that we're back and uh, I'll see you all next week. All right. And for me, you know, we got the te- technical difficulties figured out. So I apologize. Um, you know, just trying to make ends meet right now in Corona land because you know, it's not easy. It's been hard for a lot of people, which is why I've been saying what I'm going to say now, you know, every episode, just be kind to each other. Um, you know, this is a hard time. So just being nice to each other can just make each other's days better, which we need right now. We need some positivity. Um, and, you know, like we always close the show with is build your brand. So that's all I'm going to say. Build your brand.